close your eyes. It's half past midnight, and you're listening to the Ghost Story Guys. Welcome to the Ghost Story Guys. I'm Brennan Storr. I'm Ian Gibbs. And this is a show where we talk about spooks, specters, and all the other things watching us from the shadows beyond the campfire. Some conversations only make sense after the sun has set, and this is most definitely one. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 78, and we're coming to you from that tiny mountain cabin you dream about but can never quite reach. How you doing, Ian? I'm doing well, Brennan. How are you all freshly back from New York? Yes, I've been back from New York for about, uh, oh, I guess about five days now. Wow. And I, I still do not have coronavirus, so I'm good. Yay! Yes, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm not actually worried about that, just for the record. <laughs> I'm just, you know, why not reference a real-world tragedy to start the show? I love that. Yes. It's killed thousands of people. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. a thousand. Moving on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, I regret bringing it up completely. Oh, Jesus. I just learned about a tragedy, the uh, Mont Blanc Tunnel tragedy. I'm I'm unaware of this. Uh, so was I, but apparently it was huge news. 39 people died in the Mont Blanc Tunnel. That's awful. A truck carrying margarine and flour caught on fire. Really? Yes. Is this is not the start of some elaborate joke. The, no. The trucks couldn't back out. So as soon as they realized there was a fire, they stopped traffic on both the French side and the Italian side. Okay. The truck began to burn. The big trucks couldn't back out, which meant the cars couldn't get out either. Oh, God. People went and hid in, in they were called fire vaults in the walls of the tunnel. Okay. They were good for to keep you safe for up to two hours. The fire burned for 54 hours. Oh, my God. And then anyone who tried to run was overcome by poisonous smoke. And what it boiled down to was the margarine basically acted as like, millions of gallons of fuel. Of course. And it just kept burning. So yeah, 39 people died in the Mont Blanc Tunnel. I bet it's haunted. I bet it is. Th- this whole thing has gone way off the rails. Sorry. I just, just learned about that and you know how excited I get when I need to share new knowledge. We're the awful tragedy guys today. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I was going to introduce a listener's story. Now I think we need a moment of silence. <laughs> I'm so sorry. How are you, Ian? <laughs> I'm good, Brennan. I did not have an exciting adventure like you in uh, New York, but no, things are good. Well, you, you did have a bit of an adventure, though. I did. You, uh, you, you had a problem that I usually have. <laughs> I went to um, Vancouver to do interviews for the book coming up, Vancouver's Most Haunted. Yes. Released October 2021. And uh, while there, we stayed in a hotel, not, you know, like some weird historic old lady manor where 19 people were murdered. Just, you know... Kind of a faceless corporate hotel. Corporate, run of the mill corporate hotel, had a little kitchenette, very nice. And I did feel an energy when I walked in, but eh, whatever. Like I've done that since I was a kid. So it's like, oh, okay, well, something's around, not really my problem. Right. I went to sleep. However, Jason did not. Okay. And usually Jason's the kind of person who will lie down, shut his eyes, and literally not move. Until eight hours have gone by. Like, I am so jealous of this. That is me. I I do that. Oh, I wish. He, in the middle of the night, wandered off and lay on the couch for a while. And then he came back from the couch. And I was really restless, sort of in that twilight sleep almost the whole night. I was pretty wiped out. Right. The next morning, I said, what was, you know, what was going on last night? And he said, didn't you hear it? And I'm like, hear what? He goes, there was totally something in our room. I'm like, well, oh, what do you mean? He goes, well, he goes, first I thought there was a woman having sex in the room next door to us. Right. He went to one wall and then he went to the other wall. Right. Trying to figure out which room it was. And like, then he could tell him to shut up. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. But then he realized, no, it was in our room. Oh man. In one particular corner. 
So that's when he went to the couch because he was kind of freaked out. Well, (laughs) he was there and he could hear somebody shuffling around. Like, you know, when you're sitting and you're kind of settling yourself and you're, you know, maybe doing paperwork or there's shuffling noises. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And now he was hearing those in the room. Oh, good. And I said to him, uh, was it that corner of the room? And as I said, that corner, we both simultaneously pointed to the far right hand side. of the Oh, no. I mean, cool for me. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, great for material for the book. Ah. The sleeping, however. The sleeping, however, yeah. not so great. And no. it was weird because I'm usually the one who experiences stuff, and Jason's like, oh, are you sure? Are right. you sure? <laughs> right. Like, he believes me, but he's got some questions, you know? Sure, sure, yeah. And I didn't really hear anything. Interesting. I heard, I thought I heard shuffling, but I thought it was Jason. Right. Because I knew he was awake. So it didn't really bother me. Did I feel like something bad was in the room? No, not at all. Um, But when I walked in, I definitely felt like something else was there. So not a great night for us in the faceless corporate hotel. No kidding. Yeah. That's why I got to stay at the Pat on East Vancouver. Uh, At least you expect to find ghosts there. For $79, ghosts are expected. (laughs) Or a corpse under the bed. Well, or that. (laughs) $79 in Vancouver. You can't be too picky. That is true. Yes. I No, I did not have any uh, any ghost experiences on my vacation. Excellent. Which, after reading the script and, and looking at all these listener stories, I don't mind. Yeah, no, I hear you. That's hassle I don't need. Some great stories, though. Oh, some great stuff. Uh, before we get to them, though, we do have a musical guest on this episode, which is hilarious, because on the last episode, I said, yeah, we're going to be phasing that yes, out. Yes, you did. You We even had a conversation about it. And yes, in defiance of that conversation, we have not one but two musical guests coming up. In addition to having Kev use this room, we need to talk about ghosts handling our uh, our sort of week-to-week music. Right. Uh, this episode, we're really, really lucky to have a track from Chris Amont's new album, Electric Twilight. And Chris, for those of you who know your death metal, you'll know Chris from Arch Enemy, Armageddon. He's a touring guitarist for Dark Tranquility. Chris is a very, very established musician in the genre, but this is his first synthwave album. Very cool. Yeah, and since I'm a huge fan of synth and Chris is a friend, we are playing Shannon, the fourth track from this new album, Electric Twilight. And again, really enjoy the album. If you like synth, make sure to check it out. It's available on all the major streaming services. I guess that's it. Yeah. We'll be right back. Welcome back. As we said before the break, this episode is going to be all listener stories. Yay. And I'm going to skip over the part where I always talk about how many listener stories we have because I <laughs> didn't realize that they're there. It's it, it's still happening. It's I, still happening. It's still, they're still pouring in. Trust me. I'm perpetually surprised by my own reflection in the mirror. <laughs> Let's just move on past that. <laughs> Our first story comes from Caitlin. I grew up in a log cabin in Navarre, Ohio, that was built in the 1800s. It was one of the first homes built in the area. This house has a lot of history and even has burn marks on the log still visible from where the Native Americans had tried to burn the place down. Once in the house, 
My dad was alone sleeping upstairs when he heard footsteps walk up the stairs across the room and right up to the bed. He pretended to be asleep and jumped up to scare whoever was trying to wake him up. There was no one there. We've all heard footsteps coming from those bedrooms, but we were always told it's just the house shifting. Another time, when I was about four to five years old, I was outside playing around dusk when I saw an old woman in a nightgown run around the side of the house. I was terrified. My mom took me into the house to calm me down. While we were in the kitchen talking, my dad came through the back door and we heard him yell, Katie, stop messing around. When I didn't answer, he shouted, I'm going to turn the light out on you. He turned the light out and walked through the kitchen. When he saw me, his face turned completely white because he'd seen what he thought was me in my nightgown run down the basement steps. My mom had also been woken up to a man screaming her name from inside the house in the middle of the night. That could be a dream, but with the other activity in the house, I don't think it is. Another thing just happened recently, and I've only told my husband because I know just how crazy it sounds. I was driving down a country road around dusk on my way to my mother-in-law's house. I was actually listening to your podcast at the time. I saw something in the sky moving very quickly, faster than a plane. It was also larger than a plane, but was as high as a plane normally is. It left a contrail, and the entire thing was covered in a bright green flashing light. My first thought was a shooting star, until I realized that made no sense at all. I reached for my phone to take a video of it, but before I could even get my phone, whatever it was just disappeared. There was not a cloud in the sky, and it didn't disappear like a plane flying into the clouds, just there one second, and gone the next. I watched the sky the entire rest of the drive, waiting for it to reappear, and it never did. The entire thing was over in less than 10 seconds. It freaked me out so bad that I sat in a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot for an hour, still listening to your show, waiting for my husband to leave his mom's and come home because I was not about to be alone. Have you ever heard of anything like this? I'm sort of desperate for an explanation. My last topic question revolves around my two-year-old daughter. She's extremely smart for her age with a huge vocabulary and has been speaking in full sentences since right after her second birthday. Typical mom thing to say, I know. Anyway, for about three months, she'd been seeing what she calls that little guy. She has pointed out the window where there's no one around and said, see that little guy picking flowers? She points him out about twice a week, but never at our house. She isn't afraid of him. She actually seems to like him. I ask her questions about him when she brings it up, but never bring it up on my own. So I know she's not just saying this because it's being talked about. When I ask, what color is his shirt? She tells me brown or sometimes just points and says, he's right there, look, as if she doesn't know she's the only one who can see him. The only time she's seen anything other than the little boy was in my father-in-law's basement. My kids had been down there for about 10 minutes when my daughter started screaming and crying. I ran down to see what was wrong, and she kept screaming, it's scary, and pointing at the couch along the wall. My question is, how do I help her understand this gift if it is something that stays with her? Would it be a bad idea to talk to a medium about her seeing these things? I don't want to invite anything bad into her life because, like I said, so far she's only been afraid once. But I do really want to know what exactly she's capable of and if she will outgrow this or if she's been given a gift. Well, thank you for your story, Caitlin. I, I wish I had more answers for you. I know. Because I, I actually don't really know what the solution would be. I mean, maybe someone in our audience would have some suggestions. If you do, let us know. Ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. We'd love to hear. And if... We can maybe point Caitlin in the right direction because offhand, I'm just not sure what the appropriate, uh, what the appropriate measures would be. I, I tend to think that 
one, the, the child's a little older, she'll probably lose some of this. Yeah. That does seem to sort of be a, a pattern. That seems to fit the pattern. Yeah. And if she doesn't, then it might be time to do something. Otherwise, just believe her and, and reassure her and, and, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, and of course, I'm sure someone will correct me on this if I'm wrong, but it's probably not a bad idea to reinforce that it's not going to hurt you. Right. The power is is in the fear, but, right. you know, you flip it off and, and tell it to go pound sand and you, <laughs> you should be fine. Speaking of which, I, I got to say, everything I've learned from this show just tells me never, ever live in a house with a basement. <laughs> there, we've got a story later on that's basement-y, and oh. I, I am just done with this. Stuff. I know. No closets. No barns. No basements. No barns. No, no, no. no. I want to live on top of a hill. Yeah. With everything made of plexiglass. Yeah, on and, a slab. Yeah, and lit. Constantly. Yes. 24-7. 24-7. Yeah. And I wish to be armed as well. <laughs> so basically going to live like Howard Hughes. Yes. Perfect. He was on to something. Yeah. Oh, Everyone thought he was crazy. Uh, no, he was just living okay. his best life. Okay. That's concerning. Nope. <laughs> Don't disturb my pee jars and we'll be fine. <laughs> uh, there was something I wanted to touch on uh, in this story. The, the green thing she saw. Yeah. Now that's pretty common. The green thing. I, I know in, in my book, A Strange Little Place, available everywhere. Oh fine books are sold. God. Shut up. Look, I got to sell these fucking things somehow. <laughs> I saw a, basically like a green flash. It first in the sky and then the air around me turned green. I saw that with someone else. Uh, there was a girl from Australia who was hiking in the Blue Mountains and saw what she thought was a green comet about to strike her and her friends on the ground. It impacted. She felt the impact. No one else saw or felt it. Wow. Yeah. And then another story from Revelstoke. It was a father and son were driving south of town and they saw what they thought was a helicopter, but it was not disturbing any of the surrounding trees. It was quite low and it was wreathed in green fog. Crazy. So green seems to be one of those colors associated with these things. Cause we've yeah. also had, um, there was a, another listener story a while back about the young lady who was, appeared to be surprised she could be seen. Right. In the green light. Yes. And then there was the, another, I think the haunted healthcare show, there was the x-ray tech who went to have a nap. And then they saw the same thing, sort of like a green portal on the wall. Yeah. So green is is really one of these common colors. Not one you want to see in the middle of the night. No, I, I don't want to see anything in the middle of the night. <laughs> Aside from the sweet plexiglass glow of <laughs> my, my crazy man house. <laughs> I love it. This story comes from Samuel. I really don't have many experiences, and the majority of the few I do have are hardly noteworthy besides this one. This story's setting is important. It takes place on Grey Cloud Island, a township south of St. Paul, Minnesota, half of which is on an island in the Mississippi River. This island is well known in the area for being haunted. It was an old native village, then a trading post. It was also the site of KKK activity way back in the day. Needless to say, this place has a history. And I I just wanted to sort of pop in and say it was a native village, but only for a brief period in the 1830s. Then the people, they were the uh, Mittawakanton people were moved off the island and elsewhere. My story starts when I decided to take my dog Libby on a walk along the St. Croix River. The quickest route there was the interstate, but another route would take me through Grey Cloud. The island is spooky, but I also thought it was pretty and would make for a nice laid-back drive. Everything was fine until I crossed the bridge into the island. After around a minute, Libby started to bark like crazy and run from the front seat to the back seat of my van. In the commotion, I took a wrong turn, but didn't really care because I just wanted to calm my dog down. To make matters worse, there was someone tailgating me. I hadn't seen him come up, but it's said that locals there will tailgate cars they don't recognize until they leave the island because they're sick of high schoolers showing up to go ghost hunting. I was really stressed out, 
And when it looked like my dog was trying to jump out the window, I cracked. I quickly rolled it up, quite honestly on the verge of tears, and then came to a dead end. I turned around and so did the tailgater, which confirmed my fear. He was following me. I drove till I was off the island, at which point the car stopped following and my dog calmed down and seemed fine. I was far too exhausted after all this, so I just went home. I don't know what was wrong with Libby, but I think she wasn't having any of that island. Uh, yeah, Samuel, I'm with Libby here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> screw that noise. Uh, any island where the locals follow you, yeah. just don't be there. No. I, I remember- Bad things are going to happen. There's a valley between Revelstoke and Kamloops where, and that's a big enough geographical area, you, no one will know exactly the one I mean, but uh, there is a sign- because <clears throat> it's not on the main highway. You have to want to go there. Does it say Bear Farm? <laughs> it does not say Bear Farm. No. No, this is worse. This says, uh, we will be recording the license plate of all traffic. What? Yeah, it's a back road. It's a big hand-painted billboard. Why? Uh, I don't know. But if I had to guess, I have a sneaking suspicion there are meth labs back there. Oh. I, I don't know for sure. They just want people out. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, there's a lake back there. People, do, like holiday makers do go back there. Yeah. But the whole area feels hooky. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that is not exactly a welcoming sign. No. So, no, I, I uh, yeah, good call leaving. And, and interestingly, you know, the, the fact that the dog went nuts. Yes. I think is indicative of something. Oh, 100%. We're actually going to be doing a, a show on animals and things animals see or the way animals respond yeah. at some point this year. So I'm looking forward to that. I, interestingly too, I did a little bit of research uh, when I was looking up the pronunciation so we didn't sound like total assholes. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Mittawakanen people, apparently that name means dwellers at the spirit waters. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Again, it's not, as I understand it, Grey Cloud Island's not their ancestral home or anything. Right. But they were there. So I don't know. It's sort of an interesting coincidence. Thanks again for that story, Samuel. The story is from Ari. Long story short, I was born in the city and my grandparents were the tenants of a building. So we lived in the basement. Honestly, it was quite nice. We had space for family parties and gatherings, and it was more than you'd expect to find in the city. My story starts with my pit bull, Bison. When he was a puppy, he'd always wake up in the middle of the night to scratch the carpet, digging as if there were bones under there. Uh oh <laughs> Other times, he'd bark at nothing in the middle of the room, or often sometimes when Bison and my dad were alone, he'd growl at empty spaces. When I was 14 or 15, I hit a really dark place. I was depressed over my first girlfriend, and it was a really dark negative energy I was putting out, and it drew things to my home. Often my friends would say, it wasn't my house that's haunted, it's me. My first story happened when I had my ex over. We were going up to my room for something, and I had to pass the downstairs dining room area. The lights were off, but you could still kind of see the dining room table and the light of the living room TV. When we passed that room, I saw a black figure, the outline of a man, sitting at the table. I call him Casper because he's never really bothered me. I didn't mention it, but later, before we went back downstairs, my ex asked me who'd been at the table in the dining room. The next thing happened when I was at my ex's house. A group of us were sitting outside in the afternoon while the sun was still out. Her parents were inside with about three or four other people. All of a sudden, we heard what sounded like my ex's mom calling my name, like she wanted me to come inside. We all heard it. So I asked my ex if she could come with me to see what her mom wanted. When we got inside, we asked her mom if she called my name, and she said, no, not at all. It was weird after that, because how can you explain that when we all heard my name being called? This next story happened to my ex's sister in the same house where I heard my name being called. They had a Boston Terrier named Bandit, and Bandit usually slept in their room at night, either on my ex's bed or her sister's. 
My ex's sister said she woke up in the middle of the night to something poking her hand, which was hanging over the edge of the bed. Now, at first she thought it was Bandit, because sometimes throughout the night he'll leave their room to go next door to her parents. But then she remembered specifically that she closed the door, so there was no way for Bandit to leave. Also, he was sleeping next to her in the bed. So what had been playing with her hand? After hearing this story, I never sleep with any of my hands or legs hanging off the bed or couch. This last story kind of deals with my sensitivity. Oftentimes, I can feel things entering my space. We left the city and had a fairly large house in the suburbs. But one day, I was out in the backyard with my headphones blasting music. It was always full volume, but I remember picking up on clear voices coming through my headphones. It sounded like one voice being played a thousand times, all at once saying different things. I wanted to say it was English because in the moment I recognized the sounds. Later that night, and for a few nights after that, I felt like something was watching me. Sometimes I would just wake up and cover my head under my blankets. Other nights, I'd be afraid to turn around in bed to look at what was on the other side. Sometimes I heard hear noises in my house on my wooden floor as if someone was walking. One night, I know for a fact, everyone was sleeping, but I saw the shadow of a single foot walk by. When you're in a group of people and you have something like that happen, someone yeah. calls your name yeah. and then you go inside and the person whose voice you heard said, no, I didn't. Yeah. What do you do? I feel like you just sit there and stare at each other. Like you, you can't talk about it. There's no point talking about no. it. You all know something happened. It's like when someone farts in an elevator. Social pressure is such you're not <laughs> going to punch them in the face. You're just going to sit there and or stand there and try not to breathe too deeply. But you all ignore it. Yeah. Just like that's probably what that group of friends did. That's Well, it, it seemed like they were kind of in a bit of a weird headspace afterwards, which I, I would be. Yeah, but he said it made it really uncomfortable, and that was about it. Huh. So, but people often do that. When something happens that doesn't fit into their understanding of the universe, the easiest thing to do, and what I'm finding out from these stories, <laughs> the most common thing to do is to just ignore it, pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, just file it away. Because you don't want to have to try and rejig your perception of the universe. A lot of people don't want to start tugging on that string. Fair enough. Not having much going on in my life. I have lots of room for these questions. <laughs> You're always tugging something. Well, oh, I see. I mean, not inaccurate, <laughs> but also not something I thought I was ever going to admit to on the show. <laughs> Welcome I... to the ghost story, guys. <laughs> right. The heightened intellectual discussion of ghosts and their activities. He's actually referring to my loom. I, I make shirts. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like on this show I'm saying I'm moving along. A lot. Is that because of me? Uh, yes. Because I'm being sick. Yeah, there's some there's some stuff I've had to take out of this there's show. There's some role reversal. There, there is. Yeah, there really is. Yeah, there I is. Don't know what's going there's on. some hormones coming from that side I of the table. Know. And Full I am. Full moon. It, oh, well, yeah, we'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. I it's am not. I no, it's not at all. <laughs> I am not here for it. I'm. I'm uncomfortable <laughs> being this far away from the door. <laughs> this next story comes from Amy. Growing up in central Pennsylvania, I had heard my fair share of ghost stories, but never experienced anything myself until my senior year of college. I went to school in a suburb of Philadelphia. I lived in a two-bedroom apartment with three roommates. About two months into moving in, we started to hear noises here and there, mainly footsteps on the stairs and random knocks, but were able to rationalize it away as coming from our neighbors. In that time, two of the roommates started to have some conflicts, so tensions were high and that's when things seemed to intensify. We started hearing water running at night, more footsteps, more knocking. We didn't really mention it at first, but since we shared rooms, eventually we started talking about it. 
One of my earliest memories of this was when one of the roommates was home alone and laid down for a nap in the living room. She insisted that she turn the light off, but when she woke up, it was on. Soon after, another roommate brought up that she had turned off her box fan in the middle of the night because she was cold, and when she woke up, it too was on. Of course, this could all be rationalized away, but then we noticed some things begin to move. For example, a hairspray bottle that was always on a set of plastic drawers was suddenly on the floor, which made no sense. But of course, like college students who drank and smoked too much weed, we began to joke about it. We gave it way too much attention, and looking back, we definitely fed it energy, which was a mistake. One afternoon, one of my roommates and I were cooking a meal, and were the only ones home. We'd been watching TV, then walked into the kitchen and spent some time in there. When we sat down again, we noticed that the channel had changed. I figured we just sat on the remote, but it was all the way on the other side of the living room. That's when I started to get creeped out, but very intrigued, so again, we started joking and talking about it even more. We were trying to guess if it was a child, a good spirit, a bad one, and so on. Soon after that, whatever this thing was, really started to fuck with us. The knocking intensified. The instances of the water turning on and hearing footsteps at night also intensified. We started to get freaked out, but none of us were really scared until one night when one of my roommates said she woke up to someone whispering in her ear. She could feel breath on her. To this day, I sleep with my sheets over my ears. The same roommate had numerous experiences like that, and one night woke up to her roommate in the bed across from her, sitting straight up in the middle of the night staring, right at her. In the morning, as you may have guessed, this roommate had no recollection of this interaction and no history of sleepwalking or anything like that. We started to avoid being in the apartment alone. One night we went to our typical wing night at a local bar, but one of the roommates had a night class, so she met us later, meaning she had to go home first. After, she came into the bar panicked and literally ghost white. She said that while she had been at home talking to her mom on the phone, she heard knocking on the walls all around the room. The experiences continued. One of the other creepy ones was that my roommates, the one with a whisper in her ear, and I were alone in the apartment. We decided to sleep in the same room, for obvious reasons. I considered sleeping with a light on, but we decided against it. My friend was already in bed, so I got up to turn off the light, and as soon as I laid back down, she said, What? I was confused. Uh, I didn't say anything. She replied, I literally just heard someone say my name right in my ear, and it was your voice. The light stayed on that night. We never found out exactly what had gone on in that house, but one of our neighbors swore they had some creepy things happen in their apartment too. But like I mentioned, there was a lot of history in that area, so there may have been some crazy shit that went down on the property the apartments were built on. Thank you guys for everything you do. I love the podcast. Keep it up. Well, no. thank you, Amy. Uh, we will keep it up because we're not good at anything else. Yeah, it's true. But Amy, oh my God. Oh man. How did you stay there? Oh, you know, I, I was reading today on Twitter. This guy was asking about, you know, whether or not he should get out of this roommate situation. And the reason he was going to get out of it is because his roommate, one of them, had 15 tarantulas. Oh, Lordy. And one had gotten out. Nope. And was missing. Bye. Yeah. And, and he was saying, he or she, I should say, was asking, should I just go? Because <laughs> I'm arachnophobic. And I thought, well, uh, yeah. 
How did you get in that position in well, the first a- place? Apparently when the roommate moved in, they had three tarantulas. Okay, see, no. I would say right there, no. <laughs> yeah, no. There, zero is the perfect How number of tarantulas. How many pets do you have? Oh, I have three. Oh, kittens, puppies, guinea pigs? No, they're tarantulas. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I have venomous the spiders. The room has been filled. <laughs> That's right. Just I'm sorry, now. I don't speak English. That's right. You know, I had a friend in uh, junior high who had snakes. Right. And I am terrified of snakes. Really? Oh, spiders, mice. No, I had pet mice. I none of that bothers me. Snakes, not cool. Um, so he invited me to come to his house. And I said, well, only if you don't get any of the snakes out. I'm not kidding. He's like, no, no, I'll just show you. You can come see them and they'll be in their cages. And I'm like, okay, I'll go. So we go downstairs and he shows me the first snake through the glass. So this one's this, the, you know, corn snake, bull snake, you know, garter snake. That right. Kind of thing. Yeah. We get to the last cage and he goes, this is my favorite. This is the rattlesnake. And we get to the last cage and I'm thinking, you have a fucking rattlesnake? <laughs> get to the last cage. There's nothing in it. And the top is askew. No. And he goes, oh shit. I literally... You didn't see my feet move. <laughs> I was out like of that house. Scooby-Doo episode. I, it was. I was up out of the basement. Of course it was the basement. Of course it was. Straight nothing, out the front door. happens in the basement. I didn't say anything to his mom. I literally <laughs> ran out of the house into traffic. Somehow did not get killed Frogger style. And I, I ran all the way home. Like I, Really? Oh, it ended me. He phones me. He's laughing. He's like, there's nothing in that cage. Oh, what a dick. I'm like, you're a monster. You're yeah, a monster and you will die horribly. super shitty. Yeah. Especially when you know that you have a phobia. Well, but when you're in junior high, do you I, really I, get I, what that means? No, I guess not. Anyway, we stayed friends. <laughs> so, I have my own rattlesnake story. Oh, really? Uh, yes. I was hiking with a friend down in uh, Joshua Tree National Park, the right. city, about 11 years ago. Yeah. And we went to the, we hiked to the Oasis. Right. And my friend is one of those guys, I, I haven't seen him in years, but- he was one of those guys who had to do things the most difficult way, Ugh. the hardest way possible. And so instead of hiking back out on the trail, he said, oh, well, it's a shortcut up this way. No, it's not. Well, it was. However, as we're going up these rocks, he freezes. I said, what, what's wrong? And he said, the biggest rattlesnake I've ever seen is between these rocks. Oh, my Lord. Move very slowly. And so he went up very slowly and then I went up there and I heard the rattle (gasps) and I couldn't see. I just knew it was underneath me somewhere. Oh my God. Holy shit. I was scared. And very slow. Like my self-control was iron. I'm deeply impressed with myself. I don't know. I would have materialized a gun out of thin air (laughs) and just started shooting. Well, nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. True. But yeah. So that, that was my, my rattlesnake story. Um, I don't know how we got there from Amy's story, but Amy, I, I'm so glad. I assume you're out of there. Terrifying now. roommates with terrifying things happening. That's yes. how we got there. Of course. Yes, yes, absolutely. Amy, I'm so glad you're out of there because seriously, that would do me in. Not When happening. you're avoiding being in your own apartment alone, there's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not for the reasons I used to because I was sad. No. Yeah. No. Legitimate reasons. Yeah. You just accepted that real fast. Because you were sad? Yeah. Yeah, well, I know you. I see. <laughs> Our next story is from Olivia. Now, Olivia sent us four stories, but we're saving the fourth for an upcoming themed episode, so keep your ears out for that. The first thing I'd like to talk about is something that would regularly happen to me every night in my childhood home. My mom would tuck me in, say goodnight, and leave my door open a crack as she left. 
Everything would be silent for a minute or two, and then I would hear faint whispers. I could always pinpoint where they were coming from, the left corner of my room, just above my doorway. It'd always be an unfamiliar male voice, but occasionally a woman's voice would appear. Occasionally they would converse with one another. It was harder to hear her voice, though, like it was further off in the distance. There was never a malicious feeling that came from them, and honestly, I felt comforted with them around, like they were looking after me when I slept. Sometimes I would spend hours trying to figure out what they were saying, but I could never quite make it out. I knew they were speaking English because I would occasionally pick up on common words like she's or especially. Usually any words that had the S or SH was easier to pick up on. Once I hit age 11 or 12, however, the occurrence of this died down and eventually stopped altogether. I wonder if it was just my mother and father talking quietly outside my door or in the next rooms, but there are multiple reasons why this could not be. For one, my dad likes to read downstairs for hours at a time and will only come up around 1 a.m., much later than my childhood bedtime. If the TV was on, I would be able to hear background music or other sounds besides just dialogue. There are a few times where I'd be able to hear the whispering on the TV in the next room at the same time, and if it were my imagination, I doubt it would have lasted so long. Now, I want to address the fact that I know exactly what this sounds like. Auditory hallucinations are prevalent with some mental illnesses, especially schizophrenia and dementia. I want to be clear, I don't have any history with any forms of mental illness. Neither does the rest of my family, meaning I'm not predisposed to anything. I'm perfectly healthy. I eat my meals, exercise, and pay attention to my brain. I've never told anyone about this, mainly because I know it would make me sound insane, and also because no one would ever believe me. What do you guys think this is? I don't think it's anything connected to the house itself because it was built rel relatively recently, within the past 30 years. I heard somewhere that doors themselves can sometimes act as portals. I did find it strange that it was always the strongest, loudest in that one corner. I eventually asked my mom to change the position of my bed because I got so distracted from sleep. This second story happened in my sophomore year of high school. I was heading back home with my dad in his truck. The road was two-way, and the area was less than a minute outside of town. To the right was a plant nursery, and to the left was an estate with a larger stone house. I've always loved that house because it looked like it came right out of a storybook, with tall windows, strong stone walls, and the most beautiful wildflower field out in front. It was later at night, around 9 p.m., and the winter night had completely swallowed any light in the area. The light from the half moon and my dad's lights were the only way we could see. As I looked ahead, I could see a car moving on the other side of the road. Its lights flashed out, and suddenly, I see a man in front of the car. I screamed because I was sure he was going to get hit. I even swore, which is something I never did in front of my parents. The man walked out in front of the car, but nothing happened. There was no impact, no accident. The other car continued without problems, and we did the same. My dad, reasonably concerned, asked me what was wrong. I told him what I saw, wondering how he didn't see it as well. He just brushed it off. I honestly thought I was witnessing a suicide. When the person was in front of that car, it blocked the light from its headlights. The figure wasn't translucent or anything. It was as real as you and me. My best friend's brother ended up renting out the storybook house to the left. One time he came to visit and told us he was having a hard time adjusting. He said the house would make weird sounds, like footsteps, creaking ceilings, and doors opening. At some point, he got so creeped out that he just left the place even after just paying that month's rent. It's not my dream house anymore. Third story, 
is relatively quick. I live close to the ocean, and during the summertime nights, my best friend and I would go grab an ice cream and sit on the lifeguard chair. For hours, we would watch the moonlight dance on the black water and watch the late-night ships pass Block Island Sound. Usually, we always timed our late-night adventures for a full moon, or half of one at least. It was hard to navigate the beach in pitch-black darkness. This particular night, however, was a new moon. I already didn't feel good about not being able to see, but the second I stepped on the beach, I had the worst feeling. My friend called me a wuss and said that I was just unnerved because it was dark. I followed her logic easily and went along with what she said. She convinced me to continue as usual and we sat in our spot. She pressed play on her speaker and we started our familiar routine. Then out of the corner of my eye, I catch a light coming from the beach path. It was dull and orange and I pointed it out to my friend. Look, someone's here, I nodded to my right. I was concerned it was someone sketchy, so but she shrugged it off again. It was held at a weird height way too low for the average height, and it wasn't a phone or flashlight, nor was it moving or swinging in motion, as if someone was holding a light by their side. It hovered, slowly moving forward, in constant linear motion. Entranced and curious, I followed it down to the edge of the water. Then I followed it into the water. I stood up and told my friend to turn off the music. The light continued to move above the black waves, reflecting on the surface. It's just a light, No bigger than the size of a baseball, it never dipped below the waves, and I only stopped seeing it when it got too far out in the distance. I think that was smugglers. How do you mean? Well, new moon is, of course, when there's the least amount of light on a beach or anywhere else. Sure. Um, And it is the traditional time that smugglers, rum runners, people of that nature would do their work. So it wouldn't surprise me if she felt uncomfortable on that beach. Because if there were, you know, spirits there who had done this sort of work, right, right, so they I, would not want her there. I thought you meant active rum runners who were just super no, sneaky. Sorry, 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 sorry. No, right, right. I right. meant the light. What, what I think. The oh, light okay, was. interesting. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, it, w- the thing that really fascinated me about that was how she was transfixed by it. Yes, because we saw that in, in the Kentucky State Penitentiary story from the haunted prisons. Right. You know, and, and I believe the the fella in Philadelphia whose name I'm not sure if he wants me to say on the show. I believe he, he had a similar experience. He, the, the fact that she followed it into the water yeah, yeah. is kind of scary. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But she wanted to know what it was. I get that. Oh, sure. I mean, the curiosity is, is strong in me too, but yeah. I, there seems to be a sort of a compulsion because that's beyond ordinary curiosity. I think I would see a light like that coming along the beach path. I would know that something was wrong with it and it would be a, oh, back to the car. Uh, yeah. Um, I wouldn't be out that far, but, but I, I get you. pretty amazing. As far as the whispering and the voices. Um, oh yeah, you were saying something Yeah, about one thing I wanted to add about that. Um, really common. Like I hear that all the time in stories. Interesting. Um, where people hear whispers or they'll hear voices, but they can't quite make out what they're saying. Right. Um, it sounds... They know it's English somehow, but they can't make out the words. It's it's pretty unique. I think if whatever was out there spiritually could just easily be like, hey, Brennan, yeah. the gold is in the back room of the... <laughs> well, then no one gets to finish their business. No hey, one... hey, Spirit, if you got any stock tips, <laughs> you know um, where to find me. But no one gets to f- complete their business, right? Like course, when we die, yeah. our business is done here. Right. That's it. And I think there is a bit of a process or protection or something that takes place that would stop us from freely communicating with the people who are still here. Makes sense. Yeah.
We also talked about a story in the podcast with um, the young lady who heard someone say her name. Oh, well, I mean, this whole episode's been people saying your name. Well, if, if we didn't already have a show called... In Her Ear. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That story? Yeah. Um, that's the experience I had. Oh, really? In Helm Canale. It's the one right. and only experience I've ever had doing the ghost walks. Right. And that was in my ear, Ian. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, dude. <laughs> so when I heard that part, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's something they enjoy doing. Yeah. Almost like a... I know you. Right. Right. And I'm here. One last thing too, I, I, just Olivia, if you're still listening, I used to work for a woman who once shared with me that she hears voices on the regular. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and sometimes loud and more direct, like speaking directly to her. And she has just shut them out. She's heard them since she was a little girl. Wow. And she told me a story once of being in Hong Kong with her parents when she was a child. I think her father was maybe in the diplomatic corps or something. Right. They moved around a lot. But when she was a little girl, uh, they were in the in Hong Kong and they were on a guided tour, you know, that the, the embassy or someone sure. was taking yeah. them on. Yeah. And while they were walking around, this elderly Chinese woman who had been, uh, I don't know, hanging out or doing something, she may have been a vendor of some kind. She grabbed this little girl and she started saying something very excitedly. And, uh, of course the, you know, the interpreter pulled this lady off the kid and, yeah. you know, order was restored. But when they continued the tour, her mother asked the interpreter, uh, what was she saying? Mm -hmm. And the interpreter said, she was referring to your daughter and she said, you see, you see, you see, you see. Oh, wow. But as this woman told me, you know, decades later, she said, I've never seen, but I hear. Right. And what, well, I think what she meant was you have the sight, exactly. quote unquote, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm sure yeah. there's translation issues. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you're certainly not alone. Although I, again, I, I can't shed any more light on it than that. This story comes from Kathy. Y'all say you want stories. This isn't so much ghost as weird. We're talking 40 years ago. My partner was one of those people that when he walked into a crowded room, even in a bar, people stopped and turned to watch him. Obviously, he had some sort of a draw that could not be explained. He came from very down-to-earth Saskatchewan farmers, and I believe he wanted to prove himself completely different from them. We were in our mid-twenties on meeting, and we developed a relationship very quickly, to the point that we were living together with a few other assorted people that I'm not going to get into. It was the 70s. Bill was a self-professed witch, or wizard, and unfortunately I believe whatever he did was a bit twisted. The most obvious example of strange goings-on was when he came home one night from whatever he'd been doing. I did not ask, he did not want me to know, even when I offered to get on board with him. He said, no, you're too good, stay out of it. As he walked into the house, right beside him was a two and a half foot flame that appeared, or should I say exploded, in midair for maybe three seconds. I knew he'd been up to no good, but was too cowed to ask. You know, I, I wouldn't ask either. Okay, fast forward 12 years. We were always moving, running from trouble. He was dabbling with I don't know what to call it. But in the end, there was a real mess with cocaine and extramarital affairs and losing his job. Bill said he felt backed into a corner. At the worst of it, I went out into the fields by our house one October night, grounded myself, and it came to me. The vision of a certain man who was orchestrating some of the bad stuff that was happening. Bad and good ricochet. And of course, Bill died of a cocaine overdose, leaving all kinds of messy loose ends. After that, all the bad people and all the bad stuff just puffed away. 
After the grief, I realized that whatever he had done years before had bounced back at him, like the clouds over that little fella and little Abner. Since then, I've done my best to maintain goodness and love in my life, because despite the so-called glamour of evil, I believe good will triumph. Kathy, from your lips to God's ears. Well, and you know what? In every major religion, there's the concept of karma, right? And this just sounds like 100% karma, because you can't get power in a not great way and not have to pay for it. Oh, sure. And I think that's actually a tenet of, I, I hesitate, like certain kinds of magic. Yes. You know, yes. that occultist practice. Like yeah, if, there's, if a, you, there's a cost. Yeah. If you, especially if you want something negative. Right. Or if you try to hurt someone, right. you may be able to, but it, it will come back to you. Yeah. And it will be very, very bad. It's one of those things where I, I feel like if you don't know what you're doing, oh, just yeah. don't muck with stuff. No. You're not a wizard. No. Unless you really know what you're doing, don't. And I, I know Steve, Rachel, and I have had some conversations about chaos magic. And I, I tried that once. I actually tried. I, I had, uh, uh, say, for example, a certain figure I wanted to make right. m- money-wise. So I, I did the things that, and put that out. Well, someone I know made it. Oh, wow. <laughs> exactly that figure. That's crazy. Yeah. And it was a big figure. Well, that was stupid. But, yeah, I know, right? And uh, I did not. So I thought, okay, well, someone got something out of it, but now I know. You know the, the, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, the world works in mysterious ways. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, Kathy. This next story is from Aaron. About 12 years ago, my husband and I purchased an apartment building in southern Maine in the hopes to flip it and turn it into a rental property for some income. Our plan was to live in the top unit while renting out the bottom floor. As soon as we did that, the market crashed. Yay. It was a really nice place, though. A big old house built in 1876, and the lady that lived downstairs continued on as our tenant. It wasn't until a few months of cleaning and renovating had gone by that I started to feel really uncomfortable whenever I was by myself. It felt like the house was full of people when I knew that everyone was gone to work. One night, I was lying in bed next to my husband, and our young husky pup was crated next to my side of the bed. I woke up to her soft whining and propped myself on my elbows to look in on her. She wagged her tail at me but kept whining. I said, good dog, and laid back down. Just as my head touched the pillow, I noticed that it was so cold in the room, but I tried to convince myself it's just an old house and to go back to sleep. Not long after, I heard a noise, and my eyes popped open in time to see the closet door pop open with a hard click. It was one of those short but deep closets that is more room in it than you think. I told myself it was the cat, but he was glaring at me from on top of the laundry pile at the other side of the room. Then it felt like someone sat on the end of the bed slowly, with a dent forming in the blanket and the frame creaking. I turned to look at my husband, who sat up and said, What? He looked where I was looking. Then when I turned to see it, it was gone. I just told him I was cold, and he rolled over and went back to sleep. And eventually, so did I. Thank you for that story, Erin. Mm-hmm. And, and she also told us another one that I just sort of broke out, but it was about being alone in the house and having to go into the unfinished basement to flip a breaker after <laughs> the power went out. Nope. Yeah, no is right. And she said it had the same feeling of being full wow. while appearing to be empty. Wow. And man, Aaron, you, you got way more guts than either of us. No Because no way in hell no. would I do that. No, I'd be like, oh, I have to move now. Yep. Just, this house has no electricity. 
<laughs> Time to move on. Time oh, to move on. That or I'm now living in the in the dark ages. Like the littlest hobo, I am <laughs> on my way. It reminded me too of the house I stayed in when I went to that wedding down in 2017. Right, yeah. Because there was that one room I only ever went into once. Yeah. And it felt like, man, there's a party in here and I am not invited. <laughs> I got to say too, that closet shit. That is the stuff of nightmares. Yeah. Literally yeah. the door opening and something creaking on the bed. I've never shit the bed before. Yeah. But that would be the first time. And why is it in the closet? Yeah. That's just cliche. Yeah. You're not even trying at that point. Yeah. <laughs> You're just reading the haunting for dummies books. Like, yeah. Come out of the closet, <laughs> sit on the bed. Thanks again, Aaron. I'm sorry to hear about the, the, the market going south on you. That, that, was a, that was a bad time for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. I almost, I almost tried something like that before the market crashed. Really? And it was only because I was lazy and uncoordinated uh, <laughs> that it didn't come together. And for, the, for once in history, that worked in my favor. That's hilarious. Yikes. Our final story tonight comes from Khadija. I wanted to share a recent story that just happened to my fiance Israel and I. We had decided to go camping. I was terrified, but had already made a big deal about getting a nice tent, having a big group, originally 20 people, and at least having seats and a toilet. We had planned on going to a place called Bear Canyon Lake here in Arizona. The trees and nature was something I felt I needed after working in the insurance field. Friday, I found out that our group of 20 had dropped down to five. Me, Israel, my sister Tiana, her boyfriend Amika, and our friend Pablo. It was too late to back out, and we were all so excited to just get out of the city, so we went, but four hours behind schedule. We didn't finish setting up camp until 2 a.m. At this time, it was 30 degrees and freezing. We were idiots and didn't look up the weather before going, so we didn't have the correct clothing. Throughout the night, we kept hearing someone walking through and around our campsite. So Israel and Pablo pulled out their paintball guns and went to go check it out. Now, a paintball gun isn't a great weapon, but it would at least hurt like a bitch and be a nice warning. They couldn't find anything, so we cocooned into our blankets and tried to sleep. Fast forward to Saturday evening. We were setting up dinner, and a man from a neighboring campsite came over and started talking to us. His name was Jake, and he was drunk. He seemed harmless. While he was talking, one of his friends, Chad, came over as well and offered to share some dabs with us. My fiance and I were excited to randomly find stoners out in the wilderness, so we smoked with them a little bit, but ended up sending them away because my sister started to feel uncomfortable. They apologized for making her feel that way and went back to their camp. After that, my sister and her boyfriend were scared to stay the night because they thought Jake and Chad were going to get their friends and murder us in their sleep. Frankly, I assume that's always a danger when you camp. That's me. We were sitting around the fire while Tiana and Amika packed. I was relaxing, looking into the distance, when my vision focused on a dark figure standing in the tree line. I immediately stood up from my chair and told Israel what I saw. I should say he has been able to see spirits since he was younger. He said he believed me because he had been seeing them too, but didn't want to freak me out. Pablo overheard and admitted to seeing the same thing. Great. Perfect. Time to start packing. Israel told me I should go sit in the car, and I didn't disagree. While I was in the tent looking for a lamp, I heard the car door slam closed. I called up to see if anyone was near the car, and they all said they weren't. The guys got their paintball guns and looked around, but found nothing. At this point, I was freaked out and done, so we started packing everything up. Amika told me to go sit in the car with my sister while she brought it around. From our position in the car, I could see Jake and Chad's huge bonfire. I had probably been sitting for maybe 15 minutes or so when we heard steps crunching in the rocks on the right side of the car. 
We thought maybe it was one of the other boys putting stuff in the car when Pablo, who was in the tent, shouted out asking if one of us was outside it. Again, we weren't, and Israel and Pablo went looking with a paintball gun to see what it was. Again, nothing. A couple minutes went by as we hastily tried to Tetris everything into the car when we heard one of the guys at Jake and Chad's camp yelling, No! Go away! No, that hurts! Let me go! Then we heard him screaming in pain, then silence. We all looked at each other and started speeding up even faster, trying to pack everything. After another couple minutes, I looked over at the other campsite and noticed I couldn't see their fire anymore. At this point, I was scared, and my imagination was running wild. We were about to take the tent down when we heard another scream that sounded like someone was legit in awful pain, followed by a terrible screeching that didn't sound human or animal, and still puts me on edge to think about. We drove off, and when we passed the neighboring campsite, it was pitch black. The only thing I could see was a single flashlight. Since then, we've been scared to see anything on the news about rangers finding Jake, Chad, and their friends' bodies in the campsite. We don't know what we heard and still don't truly believe what happened, even with all of us hearing exactly the same things. All I know is that I will not be camping again anytime soon, unless we for sure have a big enough group or we only go during the day. So, first off, I wanted to save that one for last because there's a lot going on there. Yeah, it's an intense story, actually. Yeah. I want to say thanks for sharing that, Khadija. And, and yeah, camping is a bad idea. Just all over, it's bad. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. Um, I've been there, though, on like the cold nights where you're not prepared for it. You know, the handful of times I've been out camping, it, it's happened. This is why I go in a motorhome with a door that locks and oh, a furnace. We don't all have your Thurston Howell the Third funds. <laughs> well, it's not my fault you choose to be poor. Oh, of course. <laughs> I always forget it's a choice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like healthcare. I'm. We're, we're not touching that one. <laughs> I am being judged. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> But uh, I, I actually did some looking into this because I was curious. And I, I, you'll be pleased to know, or perhaps not, depending on how uncomfortable they made your sister, there's no record of any death happening at that site. Yay. Um, however, Uh-oh. I found several Bigfoot reports. Really? From that lake. Wow. Including a geocaching website, which has otherwise nothing to do with the paranormal. Right. But it actually included a warning on the geocache. Wow. Someone said, eh, just, you know, it's probably nothing, but there have been many reported sightings of Bigfoot in the area of Tonto Creek and Bear Canyon Lake. Crazy. Yeah. And I, I've actually got um, sort of a condensed version of the Bigfoot report. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's It said, at around 9 p.m., dogs at other campsites went crazy. We heard something howling at them, but I don't know what. Later at 4 a.m., I was awakened by loud footsteps. That sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. The steps sounded as though they were 20 feet away and leaving the campsite. I noticed my tent zipper was more than halfway open. I jumped out of the bed with my sidearm and a spotlight to look around. I did not see anything or anyone. The footsteps stopped. I turned off my spotlight and climbed into the tent, waiting to hear the steps or see a flashlight as it was too dark for a human to see. Nothing. I could, however, smell a slight hint of dirty feet and urine. Gross. Yeah. I mean, it's gross gross for a lot of reasons. Creepy. But that's it, right? And it's their story, uh, Khadija's story about footsteps around yeah. the apartment or yeah. around the, the tent. Yeah. And one thing we've learned, I mean, you, you and I go back and forth on, you know, whether or not Bigfoot is just like an actual ape, which I don't think it is. Right. But when stories of say Sasquatch or Bigfoot are present, there are usually stories of other paranormal things going on. Right. So all in all, regardless of what happened with Jake and Chad and their broke back moment. <laughs> 
Can I say? Can I say that? I don't know. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. But no, regardless of that, something was going on, and it sounds like getting the hell out of there was the right choice. Yeah, because no, I if agree. if you were seeing dark figures in the trees, <laughs> it's time to go. Yeah, I was gonna say. I know we have kids listening to this show, but I'm gonna say it right now. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah. Not happening. No, it's time to get in the car and go home. When I see anything in the trees that isn't a a, a deer <laughs> looking at me, you know, dolefully. Benignly. Benignly. Yeah, and with love. <laughs> yeah. No, not happening. No. So good on you for getting the hell out of there. Yeah. And, and thank you so much for sharing that with us. Well, how would you sleep? Oh, you wouldn't. I mean, really? No. No. No, not a chance. No, 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 no. 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 There's a good chance I would be like, well, tents left for dead. We're out. <laughs> I 100% would have left the tent. I don't care if it's brand new. I will save up and get another tent, or I won't because I'm never going to fucking camping again. I was going to say, it's not like you're ever going to use it again. Nope. I wouldn't even camp in my backyard at this point. <laughs> Holy man. So thank you again for sharing that with us, Khadija. Yeah, for sure. If you've got stories you want to share, we would love to hear them. If it's something, an experience that you can't make sense of, you want to put it out into the world, maybe other people have had one like it, send it to ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. Love to hear it. We are available on other platforms, but ghoststoryguys at gmail.com is the best way to do it. Or via the ghost line, leave us a message at the ghost line. 1-888-588-6920. Or you can text us at 925-553-4789. That's a toll-free number. It's also free to text too. But depending on whereabouts you are, that's a U.S. number. So your carrier may charge you an international texting charge. If you do choose to reach us that way. If you're in the U.S., however, shouldn't be a problem. Again, that's one 588 6920 And you can text your story to us in case you don't want to make a phone call because I get it. Phones are scary. Ian never answers when I call. It's true. 925-553-4789. So leave a message for us at those numbers or text us your story and we will put them in an upcoming show probably. We can't guarantee it. We sometimes don't have room for everything and we will truncate it slightly just so it fits in terms of our uh, our timing but that's all we'll, we will not change your experience we may just condense it so thank you to everyone who submitted your stories to us for sure again those are from October so there's so many coming up yeah. so many that have been sent in since then and we will do our damnedest to get them in we may even do a run of listener stories episodes because there are so many creepy ass things in there <laughs> that we just want to share with you alright so we're going to take a quick break and be back with a patron shoutouts and listener mail. It's back. Thanks as always to the rest of the team, Luke Greensmith, Anthony Germain, and Sarah Kent for their work on this and every episode. We couldn't do it without you. First up, we'll have our patron shoutouts. Of course, we'd like to thank all our patrons, but we would especially like to thank our latest patrons. They are Jillian Doty, Rosner Manton, War Devil Lions, Lucy Burton, Wendy Davila Martin, Kim Hess, Carolyn Jemson and Kendra Tokeshi. Thank you so much for your contributions, everyone. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it, uh, especially me because it's 
helping me pay my bills while I am unemployed, although that is rapidly coming to an end. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed. But thank you so, so much. You guys are the reason we keep going. We literally could not do this show without your financial support. It's true. So we are, yeah, no, we absolutely. We really, really are grateful. So thank you so much. If you want to join the team, head on over to patreon.com slash guys. We have tiers at the one, five, 10, 20, and $50 levels. And by this point, if you sign up, you have access not only to our monthly cabin fever episode, which is where Ian and I shoot the shit about things that we just don't have room for in the main show anymore. You also get access to Luke's monthly Luke lore episode, which is a monthly deep dive into a folklore topic of Luke's choosing our monthly live episode, but you also get the backlog of those. So you are getting not only access to our episodes, but you're also getting hours and hours of bonus content stretching all the way back to August, 2018. There's a huge amount That's of stuff crazy, in there. crazy. Eh? I know it's crazy to think about it. Eh? Yeah. Cause if you're a patron, essentially you're getting almost weekly content. Yeah. And so if you, for some reason, Want to have weekly Ghost Story Guys? <laughs> Patreon.com slash Ghost Story Guys is the best way to get it. Again, hours of bonus content. You also get exclusive stickers designed by Vancouver Island artist Wanda Fraser, exclusive ringtones. You also get signed art cards of my night photography. And how could I forget? Ian's smash hit Christian country album, Aware of Wonder. <laughs> Which I love that people think it's a joke. <laughs> No, it is very real. <laughs> it's very real. Every now and again, because I'm technically the administrator of your artist Spotify, oh, God. I'll get these notifications. You've had five listeners this month. Wow. Huh? So yes, for more information on how to get all of that, head over to patreon.com slash guys. Next up, we have listener mail. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you. Of course, we love to hear from you folks, your comments, your questions, your gentle criticisms. We love it all. And you can reach us, as we've said before, at ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. Your email will always be read. It may take us a while to get back to you, and the response may not be super in-depth, but you will get something back. And of course, we'll always name-check you during this part of the show. So, we'd like to thank the following people who reached out since our last episode. They are... Leslie, Paige, Katie, Alex, Deborah, Emily, Antonio, Rebecca, Kevin, Shelly, Virginia, Kevin, Kiara, Alex, Savannah, Kara, Shelly, Amanda, Jeffrey, Ryan, Morgan, Christina, Kaylin, Maddie, Lydia, Jacia, Chris, Bex, Lauren, Hannah, Christopher, oh damn, you fucked up son, Heather, Christopher, Sarah, Mark, Alex, Lily, Kiki from the Mission Spooky Podcast. And I love, it. apparently her name is really Kiki. That that's is awesome. Amazing. Is that why you named your daughter that? I think you came up with Nathaniel and Kiki. I did, I did, I did. I don't know where they came from. Oh, man. <laughs> but uh, yes, that's amazing. Check out the Mission Spooky Podcast. I'll be totally honest, Kiki, I have not listened to it yet, but now I will. Because, well, I mean, I got to support my kids. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. It, it, knowing you guys are out there enjoying the show, it, it really makes it worth it. You know, like we appreciate the patrons, absolutely. But just listening to the show is huge. To, to make us part of your day, part of your week, means the world to us. You know, it, it makes it just it makes the effort required to make the show worth it. So thank you again. And if you want to reach out, ghoststoryguys at gmail.com is the best way to do it. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash ghoststoryguys. Sarah takes care of our Twitter over at twitter.com slash ghoststoryguys. Make sure to go over there and say hi. We've got our fabulous meme account. 
on Instagram at the Ghost Story Guys. <laughs> but if you do have a story to share, call it into the ghost line, text it into the ghost line, or email us at ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. Social media is not a great place to submit stories. Facebook uh, is a terrible messenger system. Truly, I don't like Facebook. No. But yes. So thanks for getting in touch. We hope to hear from you. Hope to hear your stories. And just, again, be reminded that you're out there because it means the world to us. I keep saying that. I, it may diminish the intensity of it, but it's true. It's true. I just, God damn it, I feel it so strongly. Oh, you're just going to hug everybody. I am. Well, I can't. No, no. My parole officer said I'm not allowed to do That's that. That's right. That Ten court, feet, buddy. Yeah, the court order says. Yeah. Anyways. I don't think we have anything coming up. Nope. Um, I... Uh, my, the TV series to which I was attached is no more, so I can talk, I can briefly f- touch on that. Yeah. Yes, I was I was briefly briefly attached to a television thingy, and uh, yeah, no, that's not and happening. now it's dead. Now it's dead. Yeah. Yes. So as these things often go, it so it goes. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it, but it's I kind of, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it you've, is. You've been attached to like sixty of them. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's it in terms of uh, yeah. in terms of that. The book club will be launching. I believe in March. Yeah. So keep an eye on, keep an eye out for that. Sarah's chosen the book. It's on the way. Thank you, Sarah. Yes. Can't wait for all that to get off the ground. Huge thanks again to our musical guest, Chris Amott. The track was Shannon from his new album, Electric Twilight. You can find that at chrisamott.bandcamp.com. And of course, on all the major streaming services. I do recommend you pick the album up. It's pretty great. And as I mentioned, we have another musical guest coming up next week. And I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. If you want to pick up some Ghost Story Guys merch, head on over to ghoststoryguys.redbubble.com. We have all kinds of crazy designs. And if you do buy something, make sure to forward your receipt to us and we will send you some logo stickers as a thank you. Also, if you want to get signed books, that's ghoststoryguys.bigcartel.com. Of course, uh, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. A lot of you have been doing that. We really love it. We, we really appreciate we it. We get them every time. Every yeah. week we get the new the new reviews. And, and, and again, it just warms our heart. We really appreciate it. And uh, it's, uh, you know, sometimes you get a one star and we know who we're pissing off. So that's handy too. (laughs) (laughs) Our theme song, Radio, Into the Darkness We Go, was composed and performed by Peter of Pizzanta Music. You can find him online at soundcloud.com slash Music. Our story's theme is The Future Belongs to Them Now by Hexagram. That song is exclusive to this show, although you do get it in ringtone format if you subscribe to Patreon at the $10 level. And if you want to hear other Hexagram tracks, you can find them everywhere you stream your music. That's Hexagram with two X's, not three. All other music and sound effects on this show are provided courtesy of Epidemic Sound. If you're looking for pod-safe music and sound effects for your next project, head on over to epidemicsound.com and check them out. I guess that's going to do it. I think so. We'll be back in two weeks with another show, and until then, into the darkness we go.
There's a snake in my pants. <laughs> be one of the greatest things I've ever said. Uh, They're going to put that on my tombstone. Really? If you pay them, they have to put anything. <laughs> half, half of that is correct. Half of that is true. Don't put that in. N no shit. <laughs> Why are you hitting me with your purse? Mm. <laughs> you done? Yeah. Okay. You able to hold yourself together? Yeah. Okay. God almighty. That means you're going to have to type out all those stories now. Yes. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>